Isaiah chapter 50, I want to leave with you the verse 4. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. Him that is weary. I want to speak to you tonight about someone that the Lord has an eye to. He is a certain kind of person and the Lord has kindness and mercy toward him. We're not told a lot about that person in the text. The only thing we are told about him is that he is weary. A weary soul. In fact, he is not a solitary person. He is a person who represents many such persons. Because many people are thus described. Weary. He is in the text a typical person. He's not alone. He's legion. For he is many. And there are multitudes and multitudes of such. Him that is weary. This is the sinner. This is all of us without exception. Because all sinners are worn down. All sinners are burdened and unhappy because of sin. Laboring makes you weary. And sinners are laboring under the toil and the burden of life. It may be only a brief life, but it's a hard life. And it's a life that brings weariness to the soul. And I'm not just talking about physical weariness. Of course it includes that. It affects our whole humanity, this weariness. Body, but also soul and mind. It wearies our flesh and bones. We read the Psalms and we see that David says that it enters into his very bones. This weariness. But we are especially weary of mind and of spirit. Weariness of heart. The Bible says that the way of transgressors is hard. It's a hard path. It's hard work being away from God. Him that is weary is one with no rest. And sinners have no rest, no peace. And of course, we know that this is universal. And we know that there are no exceptions. And we know that this is because of the curse of the fall. As soon as man sinned, man began to experience the weariness. The Garden of Eden was the place of rest, the place of paradise. But when sin came, the rest disappeared and the peace completely evaporated. It was the one thing noticeable that was gone. It was completely gone. Gone from Adam, gone from Eve. There was the weariness of the sense of shame. 
There was the weariness of fleeing from God. There was the weariness of having to hide from God. You remember how Adam says, I heard thy voice in the garden and I hid. The weariness of it. Imagine trying to hide from God, who sees all, who knows all, whose presence is omnipresence, and just the effort that must be made to try to conceal oneself from that being. It's weariness of the mind and of the soul, and the sinner just knows it inside himself, that he's attempting something he cannot achieve. The toil in making the covering of the leaves, the disturbed conscience. Adam became this person, him that is weary, and Eve as well. The new knowledge that Satan promised them The new experience that the devil said they would have, they would be as gods, knowing good and evil. It was not liberating, that experience, or that knowledge. Rather, it was bringing them into bondage. It was putting upon them heavy chains that shackled them, And that they felt they had to drag and carry about with them the rest of their lives. The weariness of lying to God. The weariness of passing the blame on one another as they did do. The weariness of knowing that God is coming and that God requires an answer. And that God must be met and faced. The weariness of knowing exposure was at hand. And not only the initial weariness, but whenever God did begin to speak to them, he began to announce to them even greater weariness in the days to come. Because he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow to the woman. You think this is bad? You think this toil and weariness is hard? It's nothing compared to what you yet have to experience I will multiply thy sorrow. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. Yes, at the birth, but even when those children come forth, the sorrow shall continue with them. As Eve soon found when one of them became a murderer and killed his probably twin brother, Abel. The sorrow, the weariness, uh, thy husband shall rule over thee. There'll be contention, there'll be strife, there'll be difficulty even in the home. And to Adam, the message was no more hopeful. And every bit announcing a similar weariness. The ground is cursed for your sake. It'll not be so easy to handle now, Adam. It'll not be like this paradise here where it's all ready and you just have to keep the garden. Now the ground is cursed. And you'll really begin to work and to toil. And in the sweat of your labor, you will have to go to get the very sustenance of your daily life. You shall toil and labor. Thorns and thistles that will bring out onto you. It'll be such a weariness to remove them. So difficult to deal with them. And you'll never get on top of them. And your life will just be a toil and a labor and you'll be a weary sinner. In the sweat of your face, you'll eat your bread, 
And this will continue to the end until you return as the dust onto the ground. No break from the weariness. No cessation of it at all until you die. Him that is weary. And then the Lord sent them out of the Garden of Eden, didn't he? And so the sin-weary sinner goes forth from the Eden, the paradise of God and from the presence of God with a great burden of sin upon him. A heavy load the sinner carries. And never the same weight either, this weight of load of sin, because it increases with days and with years. It seems very small with a little child, and perhaps they steal an apple or two out of an orchard, and it seems very small, but in time it multiplies and increases and gets greater and greater and becomes a heavy load, increasingly heavy. Him that is weary. Thine own wickedness shall correct thee, the prophet Jeremiah said. Thy backsliding shall reprove thee. You'll see and you'll know that it is an evil and a bitter thing that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God. So wearisome is it to be a backslider. Bitter, bitter and evil thing. Sin even wearies God. Because we read that the Lord says to mankind, Thou hast made me to serve with your sins. Thou hast wearied me with thine iniquities. You know, that's some statement that God is wearied. If the omnipotent and holy God is wearied with sin when he sees it, when he looks at it from a distance, what must it be for the sinner who is infinitely feeble in comparison to God, and he has to carry that. If God keeps all sin afar off, and yet in some sense is aware of the weariness it brings, what must it be doing to those who love it and embrace it, knowing not that it is the cause and the source of all the weariness of their mind and soul? And that sin has a great weight and weariness upon mankind. We see at the cross. We see at Gethsemane. Because he who did no sin, who never sinned, who never had the guilt of sin upon his conscience, yet in the mystery of his sacrificial work, he somehow bore the weight and load of it. And it crippled him. How it pressed upon him. How it laid heavy upon his soul. How he mourned and mourned about that so often. My spirit is heavy. He sweat as it were great drops of blood. He said Lord if it be possible let this cup pass from me. It crushed his humanity. It was no easy thing for the son of God himself to bear And he in his humanity could not have borne it except his supreme deity upheld his humanity. It is such a heavy load. Hear him on the cross, under the press of sin. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? 
the weariness of dying for sinners. I thirst. This is the one who had no sin in himself, but who entered into our estate, our lost estate, and took our load. There's nothing heavier than the load of sin. And eventually it sinks a man to hell. And even there it doesn't leave him. Even in hell always weary. And even there that weight of weariness increasing and multiplying the eternal worm of weariness that never ceases but rather continues. And as the soul lost in such a terrible place continues to sin, so he continues to intensify the weariness of his soul. You see that in the rich man who went to hell. The weariness of his thoughts, the weariness of his brothers thinking about them, that they would come to this place. The weariness of thinking what could make his hell worse and they would make it worse. The weariness of not being able to ever quench the tongue. The smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. Come with me, visit the hospitals. See the weary whose sickness have been brought about by their own self-affliction, overeating, alcohol abuse. Come and see all the turmoil caused by war and terrorism. Come with me and visit the asylums. For those who have been brought made mad by their sin, visit the prisons, visit the homes that are hid away that we know nothing about. Brokenness, unhappiness, through all kinds of things, it's just all weariness. But we don't have to do really these visits. Our own heart tells us it is so. Christian or non-Christian We know our own experience. We all know sin has troubled us. It has disturbed us. It has been on our conscience at times. It troubles us still. The battle is endless. And the warfare of the weariness never ceases. It is true that Christians have peace. They have the answer in Christ. But even Christians in their body groan. Even they are aware of remaining sin. Even they know that the day of redemption has not fully dawned. And we haven't entered into the new. Where the creation has completely ceased its groaning. And all the groaning and all the weariness has completely gone. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ. But We still are weary, moaning sin, confessing sin still, repenting of sin still. Just read the Psalms. The man after God's heart. Still the weariness, as he says, I'm weary with my groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with tears. So it's true of the Christian as well as of the sinner. The sinner is, of course, on a very much more difficult course. We do have the assistance and grace of the Holy Spirit as Christians. 
but the sinner has not. The Bible says to the sinner, Thou art wearied in the greatness of thy way. And so he is. The greatness of the way. The difficulty of the way. The obstacles in the way faced and met. It's a great and difficult way and the sinner wearies himself as he traverses its greatness. It's difficult because that way Satan rules and governs. And Satan comes along and opposes and resists and brings things and the sinner is weary in dealing with the devil and with the wicked one. We're held captive by him as sinners by his will, the Bible says. His slave. And he makes his slaves weary. And then it's a way against God. Thou art wearied in the greatness of thy way. Because you're going against God. You're contending with the Almighty. You're fighting the Lord Most High. That must be wearisome indeed. He who battles with the Creator. He who battles with him who made all things. And it's weary because it's against the law of God. And it's against righteousness. It's opposing his truth. Who would contend with God and come out of that without weariness? That would weary any creature. The devils and the demons are weary and they can never hope to be delivered from it. And this verse is not true of them, but it is true of weary sinners. Why then do sinners go on in this way of weariness? If it is so difficult and so terrible, so hard, why do they continue? Why do they not seek remedy? And the answer is, of course, the way of the wicked is as darkness. They cannot see their problem. They cannot see what causes the weariness. They don't know its root and ground. They don't know its cause. They don't know, therefore, the remedy that can deal with it when they cannot even see the cause of it. They're in darkness and ignorant concerning it. And so they go on and just accept it as part of life and something that they must bear, not knowing the way out. They cannot see its connection with sinless tiredness. They cannot see that it is because they are far off from God. They can't understand that its cause is the curse and the fall and sin. And their weariness is multiplied as they try the many false ways and the many false remedies along the way. How weary is the poor sinner in his darkness? I think we have to distinguish between two kinds of weary sinners. Those that are wearied as sinners and because they are sinners, and that is true of us all. However, there are sinners who are awakened to discern it. And in their discerning of it, it intensifies for a while. There are sinners who are, as it were, having their eyes beginning to be opened and to realize that they are estranged from God and they are far off from God and that their problem is sin. They get understanding that it's sin. They begin to get light. 
And as they get that light and see their sin and feel that something of its nature and something of the hopelessness of being delivered from this, they begin to become increasingly more weary. And it is of that kind of weary sinners that the text is speaking. The sinner who has a sense of sin and sinfulness. And he knows why he's weary. It's his own sin that he carries. It's his own conscience that is the problem. It is his estrangement with God that is the difficulty of the matter. He has realized he's come short of the glory. And he knows where his sin is taking him. He knows that it will soon sink him to hell. He knows that he is condemned and on his way to hell. Who knows that sin defies. Who knows that sin stains. He knows that sin keeps him from God, from God's presence. That it must keep him from heaven because he knows that nothing that defileth ever enters in. And the sinner who knows this, not only is he weary because of sin, he has this intensified weariness because he can find no cure, no remedy, no help, no hope. It is of that weary sinner that this text speaks. He knows he must answer for his sins. He knows he must give an account thereof. He knows that the sins that he has endeavoured to bury shall rise up again and haunt him. He knows this. And there's nothing more weary than knowing that. He knows he cannot cleanse or wash this sin or even overcome it. He knows he is helpless. He knows his works are not sufficient. And he has long tried good works and tried prayers and tried improvement. And he's wearied still. Wearied with doubts. Wearied with fears. Wearied with the thought, can God love me? Will Christ receive me? Do I have faith? Do I have enough faith? Do I have true faith? And the sinner thus awakened thus concerned struggles and is wearied with the lack of assurance. And he comes to see in time through the grace of God that Christ is the Saviour and makes approach to him and receives him and exercises faith in him but still will he receive me? Will I obtain his grace? Will he Extend to me his forgiveness. And that is weary. Which are you tonight? A weary sinner just determined to go on in your sin nonetheless. And trying to find happiness in the enjoyment of it. And in your continued estrangement from God. Or are you a sinner Just weary of sin. Just weary of being far from God. Just weary of this matter of sin to know that it's been dealt with. You see that sin is your problem. And must be dealt with. And you're weary. 
to have it dealt with. Weary of no assurance, of not knowing that you have a Savior, then this is the word for you. This is your text. God has an eye on you. God knows you need something. It is stated in the text what you need. The weary sinner needs a word in season. A word seasonable for the weary sinner. The right word. The timely word. Just that word that the weary sinner needs. A word of comfort, a word of grace, a word of assurance, a word to bring hope to him. A gospel word. A word to drive away your fears. A word to bring you the peace of God. A word to increase your faith. A reassuring word. A word to say, Thy sins, weary sinner, are forgiven thee. A word to say to you, sinner, go in peace. Thy faith hath saved thee and made thee whole. A word to say, this is the way. This is the right way. Continue to walk in it. The weary sinner just needs a word. That's all. A word in season. And how welcome that word would be to the awakened sinner. If I could have such a word. God has mercy on you. That's the word I need. God receives you. That's the word you need. There is a saviour. That's the word you need. There is one able to save to the uttermost. That's the word you need. But how can we hope for such a word? Dare we hope for such a word? You know your sins. You know how great they have been. Dare you hope for such a word? Aware of all the darkness of your sins, can you hope for such a thing? Can such a word be found? Is there any tongue in the universe that can speak such a word? Yes. One tongue. One only. It's not my tongue. It's not the tongue of a preacher. It's the one who speaks in this verse. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned. That I may know how to speak the word to him that is weary. The weary sinner. That's the tongue of Jesus Christ. His tongue. His tongue alone. The only tongue in the universe. It's a human tongue. He's given me the tongue of the learned. The tongue of the disciple. God has given that tongue to speak this gospel word to sinners. And this tongue is the tongue of Christ. God has raised him up. To be the friend of weary sinners. God has raised him up. And given him a body. And that body has included a tongue. 
whereby he not only gives his life for the life of the world in the sacrifice of his body, but he also gives that tongue in the gospel to bring the word of comfort to the sinner. This is the tongue of Christ, the incarnate Christ, the only one who has the authority to speak this word. He has it. God has raised him up, and only he can be raised up to have this tongue, the Son of God himself. So you see that God loves the weary sinner, weary of sin and desirous of reconciliation to God. And God has in his love raised up for this weary sinner his Son. The Father loves sinners. The Lord God hath given me this tongue, Jesus says. He's given me his word that I should declare unto sinners the peace of God. We could not be saved without the incarnation, men and women. We could never hope for a word without the tongue of Christ. Without a man who is himself a sinless disciple and a righteous servant of God. And that sinless disciple, the learned, the disciple, is Jesus Christ. And he can speak the word, and he does speak the word to you, weary sinner. He brings to you the gospel. No one else can. Yes, preachers preach the gospel, that is true. We proclaim Christ and his message, but it can only come from him. There only is the message of his mouth. This is my body, broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. That's the only message that the weary sinner can have to bring him peace. Christ's tongue declared it at the table. The preacher can't speak peace unless Christ first spoke it. I can't declare the forgiveness of your sins unless Christ has first declared it. And he did. And still does. And this word he gets from his father. And it's not an empty word. It's the gospel word. And I have to tell you this, that, that it was not obtained without great price. It's not cheap for this righteous servant of Jehovah to speak a word of gospel reconciliation to weary sinners. It was costly. And the cost of it is referred to the tax in the text. The Lord God have opened mine ear. He who got the tongue of the learned got it because the Lord God opened his ear. It was bored. He wasn't rebellious. He didn't turn away back. He gave his back to the smiters. He was flogged. He was scourged. He put his face towards them that plucked off the hairs of his beard. He didn't hide his face from shame and from spitting. He set his face like a flint. To the cross. In the verses that follow. It's all described here. There's a cost for that one. To have that word for weary sinners. 
It was the cost of his sacrifice. It was his death and blood that has given him a tongue of gospel faithfulness. And so he has died for sinners and risen again. And this tongue is for you, weary sinner. There is peace with God. There is forgiveness of sins. All your sins. There is reconciliation for you through my death. Just listen to the tongue of Christ. Listen to him as he speaks to the paralyzed man. Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins are forgiven thee. Listen to him as he speaks to the woman who is weeping at his feet. As he says to her, thy sins are forgiven thee. Only Christ could say that. And he said to the same woman, thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. The woman at the well with all her dark sins and all the stained life that was behind her, to whom he says, Woman, if thou knewest the gift of God. And who it is that talks to you with his tongue, thou would have asked of him. You weary sinner, all you have to do is ask. Thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given you eternal life. Living waters. Weary sinner, you have to only ask Jesus. You have to only come to this person and to seek his tongue and ask for his word of grace. Just ask. He knows how to give a word in season to him that is weary. And then, as I said at the table, we see this especially. Oh, this blessed tongue, when we come here around the table after the, the time of weary toil in life and all the problems and the battle with the world and the flesh and the devil, and we come around the table and we hear that tongue saying, this is my body. It was broken for you. This is my blood. It was shed for you. Eat it. Drink it. You have eternal life. And we go away comforted by that time. Oh, how welcome that word is to the weary sinner. So come to Christ and hear his word of pardon.